Welcome to No Challenges Remaining, live from New York. It's No Challenges Remaining. I'm Ben Rothenberg, joined by Courtney Nguyen in her Manhattan hotel room. It's very nice in here. Hello. It's not bad. It's not bad. Some of us, you know, we moved on up. We don't have to stay in Airbnbs anymore, which is nice. But hello, Ben. How are you doing? Good. I'm not an Airbnb either. I know. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Ben's not. It sounded like like, it was bitchy towards me, but it wasn't. He's like two blocks away from me. So, (laughs) Um, but yeah, we're 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 doing lovely here in New York, getting ready for the U.S. Open, which has a draw, which had a ceremony on Friday. We're recording this on Sunday. Um, After all the qualifiers are placed and plays about to get going, draw ceremony was weird this year in that the entire draw was done in past US Open years they would do all the unseeds before and then fill in the seeds but this year they just did all of it and revealed it quarter by quarter in a 45 minute long reveal with a lot of ESPN chatter interjected which I just personally found sort of tedious and just not what a draw ceremony usually is you want to do that as a breakdown show but as someone who's trying to cover it as a news event it was annoying but enough about that yeah, let's no, get to I, the I just, uh, or you want to say anything about that no too? just to add to that I obviously they, they packaged it well in terms of having like the quarter but it was a draw reveal it wasn't a draw ceremony yeah, and i think totally that different. in a lot of ways with tennis in particular because of the way that the draws are done i do think that the draws have to be done in a way that is like public yeah. and um manual like you do need to like I, th- a lot of times you probably get this a lot ben i definitely see it when a draw comes out and people are like this is rigged and you're like, no, literally they pulled chips out of a bowl. What are you yeah. talking about? This is not rigged, you know? And I think that with tennis, like, it is important to do that in front of everyone. I agree. And this is, this wasn't that. This was like the draw was done. It All that, not that it was rigged. Like, the chip pulling happened yeah. behind the scenes. The draw was finished and then it was revealed quarter by yeah. quarter. I just, from an optics standpoint, I don't like it. I'm not remotely accusing them. Oh, of, not of, even close. Of no, no, no. Yeah. But I, just, I agree. It was. I didn't like it. I didn't like the way that they would also like hint at things that were already coming up with it because the yeah, the talent was like, had oh, already wait, seen for it. the next quarter. And, yeah. I was, and that was when I was like, oh my god, did Sharapova pull Halep? Like, yeah. yeah, like that's when I was like, uh, okay. Well, because I thought it was going to be the second because they jumped from top quarter to bottom quarter. And I thought they were going to go to the second quarter, like the oh, one yeah, of the top yeah. half. Which, and then I was like. It, I, I was thinking to myself, oh, it must be Venus Sharapova. But no, it was Hal of Sharapova. We'll get to that in due time. We're going to get to that. It'll be last in this because we're going to go. We'll start with the women going top down from the bottom of the draw. And the top seed for the first time in a Grand Slam is Karolina Pliskova, which I feel like we called this at the beginning of the year. Even if she hasn't <laughs> won slams or like a premier mandatory, like she's still or doing. Five. Or a five. <laughs> <laughs> she's number one. She got there in her own way. Um, Karolina Pliskova. Thanks, I, French Open semifinal. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird, right? I really think her path to the quarters is pretty darn great. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think, um, in a, I think that generally the the draw is pretty um balanced. Uh, setting aside the blockbuster first rounder with um, uh, the aforementioned Simona Halep and and Maria Sharapova, but I do think that Pliskova got, she was like the draw winner of the four top seeds. So the four top seeds being Pliskova, Halep, uh, Muguruza, and Svitolina. So, yeah, so I, I I think that she has a great path to get back to the final, honestly, which she has to do for a chance to get to keep her number one ranking. So I think that if you're Pliskova, you're kind of just operating under the assumption you've lost the number one ranking and you just play. Like, I don't think that she, you know, because she has to make the final to do it. But, yeah, opens against uh, Poland's Magda Lynette could play either uh, Sepede Roig or Nicole Gibbs in the second round. The seed that she would face in the third round is Zhang Shuai. Um, who's playing well, but but I think a lot of the Chinese players are actually quite 
exhausted. They, they played the national their, games. Yeah, they just yeah. had their national games, which uh, Zhang Shuai was in the final. She lost to Wang Shang. Um, Barbara Stritseva is in this group. Christina Moldenovic, who's struggling. Rounders, yeah. yeah, yeah, as potential fourth rounders. But Moldenovic struggling, you know, since the French Open. Uh, you got a Redvanska, Coco Vandeweghe in there. I think Coco could be. You know the one that upsets the 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 stasis she in beat, that quarter. She beat Plisko at Wimbledon a couple years yeah. ago. I mean, so that's been an okay matchup for her. Um, although I think Plisko would beat her recently, more recently than that. I want to say. Am I completely wrong? I feel like they played this year and Plisko won. Is I don't wrong? remember off the top of my head. I apologize. Okay. Well, maybe that happened. <laughs> it's a choose your own adventure <laughs> novel. <laughs> We're gonna go for a hard maybe on that one. Um. But yeah, so there's that. Uh, shout out also in this very top part of the draw to Danielle Lau, who did a good blog post. She's a former USC player who'd been sort of mired outside the top 300 for a while. And it's taken a very long time to have her sort of pro career take flight. And she barely got into qualifying and it's made it through to the main draw. So just plug for her blog that she did on it. You can yeah, look her up on Twitter. It's really cool. It's a good one. And uh, she has a winnable, or not, sorry. Not the toughest first round possible against Risa Ozaki. Although I saw Risa almost, almost beat Victoria Azarenka this year in Mallorca. So recent Risa Ozaki experience. But um, but yeah, Danielle Lau is a good story. One of those, I feel like the qualifiers this year mm. were an amazing bunch of stories, yeah. even by qualifier standards, which are always good. I mean, even like just looking at these names, like Nicole Gibbs is up here in this quarter. Sophia Zhuk is like a young, great one. That's just the top quarter qualifiers. And that's a great group of three. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Good stuff there. But yeah, so and then the, the, in the quarter uh, final, Pliskova would fit. The high seed in there is Svetlana Kuznetsova. Um, Agnes Rosvanta is also in there. Coco, you mentioned. Kontavite. Who, who, do you, who do you like most to get out of that section there? I think... Yeah, I'm going to say... And Safarova is also in there unseated, I'll that, point out. That's a big first rounder between yeah. Annette Kontavite and Lucy Safarova. I think that's definitely a must-watch. Yeah, Cece Bellas could do some damage in here because she could she opens against now Habino. Then would face either Contavite or Safarova. We've seen what CC can do on on home soil. She does have an ability to get through those matches. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough call through this group. I think it's going to be Sveta, but I would not be surprised if it's Coco. And I should say that Redvanska is playing better. She had a good run to the semifinals in New Haven. Slowly, since Wimbledon, things are slowly starting to click into her game a the little foot bit. Getting better. Foot's getting better, exactly. I mean, but that said, Aga still hasn't made second week here ever. Yeah. I want to say right. Or definitely Maybe not. No, no, definitely not quarters. Quarters. No Maybe quarters. Quarters, yeah. sorry, quarters. So this has always been a bit of a hoodoo for her this tournament. So hoodoo, hoodoo, hoodoo. You know, Sveta's only made a past the round of sixteen twice in her career. And both times made the final. Yeah. yeah. So you know, a few yeah, little. Sveta is interesting because Sveta, like I think, I feel like in this year of wta opportunities on the table yeah she has so many she has not and so many times like you look at and be like oh well sveta is sort of the steady pick in here and she really just hasn't borne that out i mean indian wells final could have gone either way and maybe we're talking about a different situation i just meant the last two slams mostly yes is what i mean and so that's been disappointing so i would not be shocked if she lost um either her first or third round so against Vondrosheva, it's her first match. Obviously, a very highly touted Czech teen uh, won a WTA injured. title this year. Is injured. Okay, good to know. <laughs> but still, you know, she's playing. Um, and then Kontavite or Safarova, I think I could see either of them easily beating Sveta in third yeah. round. So, um, and then Coco or or Aga, even. I mean, Aga, oh, she beat Aga at Wimbledon. But um, yeah, I, I I think either of them has a chance. So. Yeah, I, I I think all of this leads up to Pliskova being getting a pretty comfortable tournament for her first slam. Um, she'll 
it'll be a different feeling for her, but she hasn't seemed bothered by it so far in these first couple rounds she's Does playing. Does anything bother Plisco? I don't think so. I think she's pretty great. I think she's pretty good at being, like, unbothered by can, too much. Can you describe the video you showed me on Twitter <laughs> also before, before we started? If you guys get a chance, go to Carolina Plishkova's Twitter account because she retweeted and said uh, this kid who did a video basically, like, um, emulating Carolina. So... She has the arm tattoo. Looks like a kid, maybe like 10 years old. Arm tattoo, leg tattoo, wearing the Pliskova's Fila dress for the U.S. Open. And has to be said, kind of copies some of her moves and some of her technique. It's really great. Pliskova retweeted it. It's really good Pliskova cosplay. That's all I can describe it as. Tennis player cosplay. That would be fascinating. That should be a racket event. You're welcome, Caitlin Thompson and David Chappell. Oh my gosh. Yes. I went to the racket event, by the way, in Brooklyn for yeah, the first time. Yeah, how was, was that? Nice. It was nice. I got to play, like... What was your team name, by the way? Um, you played with David, did you not? Shaftel? Y- yes. We, I think we eventually landed on Silver Bells, <laughs> which was just which is an odd inside joke about, like, some story they were working on. So it wasn't a great team name. Or it doesn't make any sense. It's an outside question. But we won one match. We only played two. <laughs> we played two matches. and went one and one. And we won the first one by a lot more than we or we won the second one and by a much bigger margin than we lost the first one so we thought we might still be in the contention to like advance but right. we weren't so mm-hmm. but it was fine but it was the first time i played like a tennis tournament of any kind where there was like organizers and like a bracket that's amazing in like this is not, foam in like tennis, foam by the tennis way. Yes, this foam, is not which, real which, tennis which so played to my strengths you could just be like <laughs> yeah. pushing and i was just be like i will just because i was playing against a little bit against renee denfeld also and he's like six foot five and just like very like long and like <laughs> elegant. elegant and meanwhile i was trying to play i say this with love the ugliest wozniacki tennis you could find <laughs> just like junking the ball back waiting to be like you're gonna get bored and try to hit the ball and it's not gonna work it's gonna go flying and so that's what happened and i just wozniacki his pliskova like in canada but much quicker would that, that be your <laughs> cosplay selection then would you cosplay was i don't think either of us wants that i don't know, I don't know. you might be able to rock that stella i don't know could do. Eh, that's getting weird quickly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> past... Weirdly, when you mention cosplay, it's going to get weird. Eh, okay. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, so that's that quarter. Uh, next quarter of the draw. Unless you have any other thoughts on top quarter? No, no. Okay, the next quarter in the top half is anchored by Alina Svitolina, who everyone keeps talking about how anonymous she is. Like, yeah. all everyone, like from the ESPN like hosting, was like, you probably don't know this name, Alina Svitolina. Like, I guess that's true, but on paper it shouldn't be, because she's won all these dang titles. She beat Kerber so many times. She beat Serena at the Olympics. Just say that. That is claim to fame for your casual sports fan. You can be like, oh yeah, she knocked Serena out of the Olympics last year. That's enough. And she won, do I have to list her Premier 5 titles? Sure, I will. She won Dubai. She won Rome. She won Canada. She won the first three of the year. So she's doing big things. And you have some stats about her that you're showing me right here. Um, she is the youngest player in the top 10. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she leads the WTA in titles with five. Top 10 wins, 10 and three record against the top 10. That's great. And top five wins seven and one. That's amazing. I mean, come on. Like, And the thing is, like, that kind of cracks me up is like when big networks or writers or, or platforms say, you might not know about this person. It's like, if I don't know about it, then you're not doing your job. Like, it's your job to tell me about these players. And, and then you she did, has ju- been You did consistent. just air the Rogers Cup. Right. But to that point, to the con- I'll give this argument against myself, that she has not had a big slam result. Nope. Period. Well, uh, Really, yes. no. Okay. I mean, French like, Open, quarter, but yes. Yeah, but quarter, but no. Because it was like, everybody made the quarter of that tournament. <laughs> and, and her quarter was such a flop in the end because she was up so much and lost. Um, so she, and she never made a slam semifinal, which is... Uh, rare for someone who's done all that stuff no, for, for sure. all those laurels she is somebody like the aforementioned Wozniacki who 
still has something is i don't like this phrase but maybe to prove at the major level saying you've done this you have more or less beaten the game you've shown that you are elite world class against the best and consistently at tournaments around the world you just need to show it on the biggest stages under the brightest spotlights it hasn't happened yet and maybe it will here maybe it won't her draw seems not good to start her first round is very tough against katarina siniakova who's won two spitalina you mean Spinalina. Yeah, yeah, you were just talking about Wozniacki. And oh. Then, so I just wanted to make sure. Oh, no, we're I've been now ha- talking about I've been talking about Spinalina this whole time, I thought. No, but then you were talking about how Wozniacki hadn't, or at least I misunderstood. No, but I was, that also applied to Spinalina. No, I know that. Yeah. But I'm saying now that you're talking about the draw, that we were talking about Alina Spinalina, yes. not Caroline Wozniacki. That was all. I think I was, yeah, it was more of a passing mention. You can listen back and see how you feel, people. But I think that I was always trying to talk confused. about Spinalina. But they're just I was like, on the Woz Highway. Yeah, uh, that's a long one. Um, Spinalina has a tough draw against Siniakova first. Uh, Sinek has won two titles, beating Wozniacki, one of Wozniacki's six final losses this year in Bostad, and also won Shenzhen. Um, and then she has Bouchard next, who plays well on big stages. Or and Rodina. And, or Rodina. Yes, but it's Bouchard or Rodina in the second round. Fine. I think it'll be Bouchard. Okay. And I think that, um, that she's played well on big stages. And you saw that at the Australian Open this year, even. Like, she Loki had a really, really solid Australian yeah, Open. She played did. really well in that third match against Coco which seemed like at the time was going to determine at least who made the quarters because the winner played Kerber, and Kerber had been really shaky at that tournament. So Bouchard, and Bouchard has a great record against Kerber. So that could be a tough second round. And then third round is not easy either. I mean, any one of these, well, three of them, Ali Kick, great story. I'm not sure she's ready to make a deep run at this tournament yet, but just getting through to the main draw has been incredible, beating cancer and everything like that. But she could get New Haven champ Daria Gavrilova or Shelby Rogers, who's a American is doing very well and is probably ready for a big home result at some point. Or Kayla Day, who's a young, promising junior who has a lot of hoods by that kid. Um, so the Kayla Day strut. So all of that is tough. And then Madison Keys is a possible fourth round. I think it's a terrible draw for Svitolina the more I see draw. it. She's a huge draw loser. Yeah, I mean, the, her early rounds are definitely tough. I mean, if she gets through there, I think that bottom section, uh, which is headlined by Kerber, Ostapenko, Pavichenkova, and Sorenko, like, that is a bit soft, um, given where each of them is at at the moment. But, um, but yes, early early on, not not great for Alina Spitalina. Have we talked on NCR yet about Lesia Sarenko's olive oil commercial? Colavita. I am just, it makes me so happy that it exists. Yes. If you haven't seen if it. If you haven't seen it, look it up. Just Google Lesia Sarenko <laughs> olive oil commercial. <laughs> I just love that this WTA player, who's not a household name whatsoever, Gets a product endorsement or something that's not from her country. It has nothing to do with <laughs> her craft. And she, like, it just kind of makes and it she work. she owns it. And it's a it's a full movie trailer. It is not a 30-second commercial. It is not low-budget looking. It is. Or it's elaborate. It's elaborate. It, yeah. it, it, it was a shoot. There was a lot going on there. Yeah, that's pretty good. So bless you, Lesia Sarenko. That is pretty good indeed. Okay, other thoughts on this? I mean, there's a bunch of, like, good unseated in this section also. Um, I mean, like... Daria Kasatkina yeah. is in here. Uh, Kanepi Schiavoni is a vintage mm-hmm. first round. Kanepi is another great, interesting qualifier. Mentioning oh, these Kerber. Talk about a great first that rounder. Is, yeah, one of that the best. One's, that one's fire. I asked people on Twitter before I was walking up here what their most excited first round was, and uh, besides from the obvious Sharapova Halep, and that got a couple of votes right away, and it should. I mean, Kerber is going is coming in here. Whether it's true or not, we'll feel like there's a lot of weight on her as defending champ is really on a, a slide this year. Um, and Osaka will is a player she'll know is dangerous. I think it's a very tough matchup for Osaka. It's exactly the kind of opponent who should be able to break down her game and to get one more ball back and put her in uncomfortable positions and prolong rallies and all that stuff. But it's a match that I'm certainly looking forward to. 
Yeah, Kerber um, has added Benjamin Ibrahim Zadeh, uh, her old coach, uh, to her team for the U.S. Open. So that could be interesting in terms of just um, having a, a new voice. In Torben's the mix. still around. Yeah, too, Torben's yeah. still around. So, which is great. Um, but also Osaka, you know, interesting to see how she's recovered. Had to retire. She took a set off Pliskova in Toronto, yeah. and then had to retire due to that abdominal injury, and then didn't play obviously in Cincinnati. And it's been an abdominal injury that has been creeping up um, repeatedly throughout the season. So I'm curious to see kind of where she is fitness wise, but I think it's going to be, it, it should be a good match if, if everybody's, you know, everything's working on yeah. everybody. Um, and it's, and it's about the tennis. So I'm looking forward to it. Here's an unanswerable question. Okay. What do you expect from Elena Ostapenko? <laughs> yeah. Three match losing streak yeah. um, that she takes into this tournament. I think that, that, that giving up that lead and losing to Lepchenko in the opening round um, in, in Toronto was pretty, um, demoralizing for her. I think she, that one really, really She was really hurt. down throughout that match. Yeah, yeah, she just was... It seemed like a lot of... All of the emotions that one would have thought that she would have gone through during Wimbledon... And grass, yeah. Happened in that match right. instead. Like, you know, like in Wimbledon, she played well, and she was like, it didn't act like anything was wrong. And, you know, but I think that maybe over time, everything's kind of sunk in a little bit. And you could tell with the way that Annabelle Medina Garigas was talking to her and on the coaching timeouts that it's very much about, it's in her head yeah. a little bit. I think the, the being a grand slam champion and much being expected of you and, and having to back that up. And, and so. I think her draw is tough. I mean, I, I really like Aru Barina as a player and she's going to be someone not completely unlike Levchenko, but who, who can make Ospenko play longer rallies and will just know how to get her off a rhythm. Um, and then Kirstea has had a pretty decent year. And then uh, Pavlyuchenkova is a, a tough seed to have to well. play. Yeah, so this is a, and then Kasakina is also in there as a possible floater. It's a hard little section for our French Open champion. And Madison Keys is the other one. Madison Keys, um, we haven't done a show in a while, so she won Stanford. Um, yes, yeah, she did. She how, how much excitement? She's as you said just before. She's doing a night session, mm -hmm. uh, second Tuesday. night. Yeah. So how much excitement should there be about her being? Uh, one of the top Americans, and without Serena here, there's more spotlight for Madison for the first time, really, at a slam, at a home slam. What should be the expectation level, and what is a good tournament for Madison, if you can quantify yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I think that without Serena, you know, it's really for the Americans about, like, the gang of four. Venus, Coco, Madison, and Sloan. They're the ones that have shown over the summer and over the season that they have what it takes and they can re do, play well. Um, I think with Madison, there's a lot to like, honestly. I think that the way that she played in Stanford, particularly in the semifinals and finals, beating Muguruza in straight sets, and then in just an absolute like display of fireworks in terms of the sh pure power that was being thrown on a very fast court in uh, in Stanford, uh, beating Coco Vandeweghe in straight sets in a great final, just pure power tennis. It was awesome. Then pulled out of Toronto with, um, you know, because her left forearm had been bothering her in Stanford. Um, and then goes into Cincinnati, was a match point, had three of them yeah, against uh, on, her too. on her serve, and just panicked maybe a little bit, tried to go for a little bit too much, and eventually lost in three sets to Muguruza, who went on to win the, tor the tournament. If that match flips the other way, it's a good question as to whether or not you know something different happens, because she was looking really good. Um, ever since she was down a set and a break to... Um, uh, Catherine Dolahai. Caroline. Caroline. Sorry, Catherine's her sister. Uh, Caroline Dolahai. Courtney's her sister. Okay. Crap. Maybe there's another sister that you don't know <laughs> there about. There could be a third Dolahai. I don't know. You're right. It is Courtney Dolahai. Yeah. 
Um, but Thanks, Courtney. Yeah. Uh, but ever since she was down to set in a break, like in that opening round match in Stanford, she's been really, really, really good. So there's a lot to like about her um, her prospects here at the Open to do something on home soil, make a good deep run. Um, but at the same time, I'm still kind of, I think, conditioned to temper the expectations just a little bit because the left uh, arm is not at full um, force. Yeah. This is her first slam that she's playing where she feels like she's feeling good, you know, in a while. When I, don't know. When I talked to Lindsay Davenport about it for his comeback story I was doing on Madison in Indy Wells this year, she said we as a team, it might sound weird saying this in March, but we as a team are really looking at 2018. Yep, exactly. And so even then, like, even though you get the Stanford title, and it had followed this. I mean, the, the Indy Wells fourth round, I think everyone looks back now and says that was kind of not was luck, a little lucky, a bit lucky maybe, or just a little bit beginner's luck of the comeback, whatever you want to call it. And it got a little more real through the rest of the tournament. So then a little bit better on grass, but not really. She just had them, another follow-up wrist surgery, another procedure. Um, but then Stanford was great. So, yeah, we just don't know. But the Stanford and Cincinnati, I mean, again, she beat Coco, and she played uh, yeah. Mugurus really well. Uh, a lot to like there. And with that, we will go to the bottom half sure the bottom half of the women's us open draw is started on the third quarter uh the high seed is garbini muguruza we'll start with the quarter above it just because we like doing top down things it's tidy uh carolyn wozniacki's in here and this is a loaded-ish part of the draw for sure her uh she's number five seed the other high seed in this eighth of the draw is number nine venus williams venus if it gets that has a great head-to-head against carolyn we'll see if that holds up i think she's like six and oh something like that against her um and uh but Wozniacki is a tough road potentially uh Kenneridu Makarova mm-hmm. is her second round opponent uh Definitely. starts against starts against Buzarnescu Buzar who's a qualifier I've never seen play so I can't say much about her um but Makarova's had a really good summer if it gets to that or Mona Bartle's also had a good year that's a tough uh that's a tough draw for both of them against each other to play Caroline second that's a loaded little part yeah I mean I'd, I'd be I'd be very inter- interested to watch a Makarova Wozniacki second round match I mean Makarova, there's um, three players that have won nine matches, tour leading nine matches over the summer. Muguruza, Halep, and Akaterina Makarova, DC champion. So, you know, uh, tallying some good wins. um, You know, she beat Kerber um, in Cincinnati in that crazy three-set match. Hashtag, I'm just here for the handshake. A lot. It was a lot. (laughs) She was quite, as the kids would say, she was quite extra in that match. She was extra in that match. (laughs) Makarova was, was feeling some heat and feeling everything very publicly and it was a lot of drama and it was just one of those things where it's like i do not begrudge ekaterina makarova for feeling the way that she was feeling and it being demonstrated the way that it was being demonstrated but i also don't have any problem with angelique kerber being real pissed about it yeah and blowing the handshake and i'm like kind of like oh that was so much more than i would do <laughs> and place and kerber also took a, a pretty uh out of the way high road oh yeah <laughs> in, that, in that press conference like she, like that was the easiest thing to be like that was crappy behavior that was gamesmanship but that was drama and histrionics unnecessary but she was kind of like eh, it happened before it happened again yeah which was you know sort of i don't know if that's just sort of the the angst of angelique kerber <laughs> to use an appropriately german word this year she doesn't have the sort of fight left in her to pick fights against matches she already lost but yeah um, i think that, I, I do think that kerber yeah. was in a situation there where she was like i should have won that match yeah so the fact that all that other stuff, that's just like a yeah. sideshow and, you know, she's just uh, she's just disappointed in it. So, yeah. So all that is just to say a Katarina Makarova on a hot day, that could get interesting against a Caroline Wozniacki. Speaking of polarizing this, I think one of the most polarizing topics of the summer 
to keep things real substantial here was a Katarina Macaroa's outfit. Oh my gosh, I cannot with you right now. <laughs> it's not... Love Kate. Love her. Everyone who knows me knows that I love Kate Makarova. But your love for this Sergio Tacchini thing it wasn't is just so me. bizarre. It no. wasn't just me. No, we no. were with Raj. Raj was like, that's amazing. It's great. I asked the WTA desk. I went over them to get some oh, more votes. okay. And it was split. They did not all like it. <laughs> but the ones who did really liked it. But yeah, tweet your votes. See what you think about Makarova's US Open Series outfit. It's not just Makarova. It's Sa- Barbara Stritzova's award as well. Too. Um, good to see, good to see, I think it's a good to see Takini in women's tennis again. Absolutely, I think it's a perfectly fine kit. I do not think it's a kit that should inspire Ben Rothenberg to just be like, "Stop the presses! Don't make kits anymore!" Because Sergio Takini just won the game. It's not that I, at all. You won't even say it was a perfectly fine kit before, so you're. Growing, it's growing on you now if you're saying it's perfectly fine. No, I was I was matching <laughs> your passion with an equal level of disdain. Okay. But, you know, for rhetorical purposes. Sure. Um, the other parts of these. <laughs> so when was Naki, whatever Macro was, a lot of pressure on Macro was his open outfit now, <laughs> um, which we haven't seen that I know of. Um, when uh, third, ra- oh. third round, uh, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. Third round mm-hmm. is Lucic or Monica Puig and uh, Carlos Suarez and Raro all householdish names. What it's a year on now. We haven't talked about her much on the show. Maybe we have. It's been a while since we did a show. I don't even know what we did that anymore. What <laughs> Who do we? Are you? What do we make of Monica Puig's twelve yes. months? I mean, it's been on paper definitely disappointing. I mean, she hasn't really per se followed up the um, gold medal with any good results to speak of, or any comparable results, obviously. But even like it's just been it's been a lot of uh, unremarkable results and. That again goes to say her gold medal was such a surprise at the time that what is a fair standard for her? But I don't, I don't know. Where do you see Monica Puig as we hit the 2017 U.S. Open? Yeah, it's it's really tough, you know, because when you when you see – if you know Monica Puig, like I, I talk to Monica a lot, you know how hard she works. You yeah. know how competitive she is. She's very professional. She's very ambitious. I mean, she's – you know, if, if there was kind of a template, you know, in terms of how they go about their business for a young player – I would definitely throw like Monica Puig in there and for younger players to kind of like, you know, be like Monica. Like she's a perfectly nice person. She goes and she, she takes herself seriously. She takes her career seriously. Um, those are traits that you should emulate. But I think that does go back a little bit to what you said before about, um, about why her run to the Olympic gold was so stunning and why it was outside of the fact that she was from Puerto Rico and the first Puerto Rican to get a gold medal and all these sorts of things outside of that, like we had never seen Monica Puig play tennis like that before. No, never, not even close. I've seen her serve well before. Like yeah. Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. yeah Sydney. But... but even then we're identifying the exact same tournament yeah. where if like she kind of peaked and then but it wasn't consistent. And I think that for her, it, that result may have been, you know, we talked a little bit about outlier results you know like maddie coming back making fourth round or even maria making you know semifinals in stuttgart um that those those spikes are going to um you know rejigger the expectations but maybe they shouldn't it's just tough with because she because you have to prove that you can do it week in week out it's tough with tennis and i would relate it back even we don't know how it's going to pan out for ostapenko but she could be in this category too where you know it's just every week is a new slate and you can get something that's very improbable that happens yeah and does it change the probabilities down the road for that quantity as a player? Maybe, maybe not. It may be only marginally. And, yeah, I mean, like if Ostapenko, if you told me at the beginning of the year, 
Ostapenko will make the Wimbledon quarterfinals. I've been like, okay, yeah, yeah that's, sure. I, that sounds fine. That makes sense. But it being preceded by a French Open title, right? I don't know how that affects anything either way. So all I have to say, Monica Puig, yeah, I, I feel like people have I, I I don't know if they've been down on her or what, but I I, I feel like it's you know she's someone who obviously was such a huge story this time last year. That is, and she may need the twelve to months to cycle it out yeah you know and then then the, maybe the next this off season yeah you know and and uh she's still top 50 right is she maybe not she might not be i mean that no sydney points and obviously the olympics you didn't get points yeah. for it at all so um there was really no boost yeah, to maybe it. i not can't think of any enough. significant results that would have gotten her yeah a couple like she's got like a couple like second rounds and stuff but i don't know how much you can build off that Venus is here. Um, I was surprised when I was looking at, like, someone tweeted the odds makers' favorites for this tournament, like, top eight. That Venus was not among them. And I was confused by that because Venus has made two slam finals this year. I told you my stat. Which, uh, yes, go ahead. Which is a pretty great stat. Venus Williams has played three Grand Slams in 2017. In those three Grand Slams, cumulatively, she has won 15 matches. Obviously going 15 and three. Um... Outside of that, she has played eight WTA events going into the U.S. Open. She has won 14 matches yeah. in the eight WTA events. So it's very dangerous to use her. And, and obviously a bulk of those those results came out of Miami where she made the semifinal. Mm. So if you even discount that, if yeah. you take out Miami, yeah. then you're talking about tw- minus five, right? For a semifinal, you made four. four matches to get a semifinal. So 10. Yeah. So she's won 10 WTA matches outside of that Miami run. So using her summer run-up form is a dangerous game. I mean, she made the Wimbledon final and didn't play, obviously, a lead-up. She, um, you know, it, it came out of nowhere what she did at the Australian Open. I wouldn't bet against Venus. Yeah, I would. I would. What I'm saying is yeah. I would bet on yeah, Venus exactly. if she gets yeah. those really low odds of doing something here. There's no reason to counter out. In this section, like I said earlier, she's a great head-to-head against Wozniacki, which is her high seed here, Kiki Burton's. I don't I don't see this as a super dangerous draw. I mean, Dodin is a wild card kind of player, but I don't think she has the consistency to beat Venus over Venus over knows three how sets. to unwind those players. Right, yeah, Venus easily. has done that. So I, I think it'll be – I think it's a good draw for Venus, really good to get through to a quarterfinal and a possible rematch against Garbini Muguruza, a Wimbledon final rematch. And I'm hoping that Venus is hungry for a redo of that mm. match with how it ended – with movers running away with the last uh, nine point, games, yeah, one point could have changed that entire match. Yeah, for sure. That break point. Also, in that point. in that other part of the quarter with Muguruza, the high seed in her eighth of the draw is Petra Kvitova, who is ranked thirteenth, and it's maybe another player who we include in this conversation of having that spike early in the comeback and then coming back a bit down to earth. Except no, because that's also just Petra. Right. Well, that's, that's true. That's Petra. Yeah. That's Petra tennis. You know, I mean. But how do you, but how do you but how do you sum up Petra's hardcore season after um, after they really for yeah, sure yeah. frustrating I mean she very up and down I don't think she posted back to back wins throughout the entire summer um, you know in Stanford when she was um, talking to reporters she said you know I I really would like things to go back to normal now I don't want to it was very emotionally exhausting um, to have to, to live re, kind of relive everything week by week from the French Open into Birmingham into Eastbourne and then. Um, um, Wimbledon and in a lot of ways she got what she wanted which is that it is pretty normal now I mean like at Stanford nobody asked her about the attack or anything and it's pretty similarly I believe in Toronto and in Cincinnati it I don't was think just, she did press it was just yeah. yeah it was just Petra 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, she didn't do press because she got, yeah, she had to took that. She lost, we'll, we'll get to Sloan in a bit, but she lost to Sloan twice in these yeah. three tournaments and Sloan's been playing great. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then up in New Haven, you know, got, uh, lost in the opening round there, but at the same time, pretty, I think it, you know, it was a comfortable place for her to be. She, you know, it's a chilled out place. You know, she got, did she the, one of the greatest, I will put it in as my pick so far as the best video by any tournament put out this year is the Connecticut Open eclipse video that features Petra Kvitova as a scientist explaining the path of totality. <laughs> Do not be alarmed. <laughs> um, it's amazing. Agnieszka Rodvance's comedic timing is phenomenal. Dominika Sabolkova's howling at the moon as a wolf. Tremendous. It's, it's perfect. It's wonderful. Kudos to the team up at the Connecticut Open, Katie Spellman and Worcester. You guys did a heck of a job. It's my it, favorite thing. It is pretty great. The spe- spe- <laughs> so Kvitova plays Yelena Yankovic in a high-profile, no-names first match. Yankovic has had a very down season. I would be surprised if she went into that match. Oh, I, I mean, Petra's had a shaky hardcore season, so if, it could be an ugly match, honestly. Um, but I would expect Petra to get through it. JJ, she's made some sort of retirement whispers mm. over the last couple months. I would not be shocked if this was her final slam just how from how she's been talking i hope it's not we will properly eulogize her if the time comes for that in the my future word. oh my god can you not right now i will not i am i am the I, to... <laughs> okay along with the queen the og queen <laughs> the empress um, uh yeah but also in the section watson cornet which could be a really good match oh, if, um, if, for those of you who like making gifts yes um <laughs> uh, uh so in this other section muguruza plays uh, as an, uh part of the draw she plays lepchenko who's a sort of dogged fighter but muguruza has way more weapons than lepchenko um and then rabarakova would be a wimbledon semifinal rematch possibly uh if rabarakova make it through there it's amazing seeing her bolded and seated in a draw um and she plays camilla georgie first Christina Pliskova is also in there in a rematch of her uh, 125K final. Is that right? From China against, against Misa Gucci. Because Misa Gucci got hurt in that match, hasn't played, barely played since then, and it's on protected ranking to get in here. That is your 125 well, stat of the day. Chris Pliss is playing her first since, uh, since getting her since, hand cut since she by was a, a fan. Since she was attacked by a fan. An electric fan. Electric fan. <laughs> In 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 China at the two fifty was there no the, the no, international uh, yeah the, the yeah the two eighty five or whatever it is anyways yeah I don't know uh, but yeah so I'm kind of it's a weird video because Jenny Zhang is on court as the chair empire and she like walks over looks like try to stop a fan or something but she like kind of sticks her finger a little bit in the uh, the grill in the that, grill that right in the grill exactly the, the, the fan. fan blade and she slices her finger she had stitches it looks pretty looks pretty well good. she didn't play she had to pull out yeah, a, a ton of, of Canada and Cynthia yeah she was supposed to play doubles with Carolina up in, in Canada that's how Carolina ended up being doubles partners with Jeannie because she was yeah. like oh I have nobody to play with and Jeannie's name was on the list so um, yeah so that's the first time that we'll get to see Chris Pliss who was for a while there trying to chase her sister down for the ace lead which I thought would have been funny she's um she's had a really solid year Chris Pliss getting to be a solidly top 50 player yeah, yeah. after struggling to break top 100 consistently for a while so would love to good see her year for Chris Pliss slam next year yeah Definitely, she's building. Definitely she's possible. Building. Um, but Muguruza is, as I started to say about favorites, Muguruza is the favorite for the U.S. Open, according to Oddsmakers. Never that made it past fair? the second round here. Never made it past the second round. That's a good never dose of cold water the on that. Round. Um, you know, Which was we the same having... stat about Pliskova, who never made it past the second this... round at Wimbledon. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and she didn't again this year. Yeah, so exactly. And, and this is something that we had discussed, you know, with, well, we, offline a little bit earlier, and we'll discuss it, obviously, when we get to the men with Zverev. 
like people are like talking about him as being on the short list of favorites you know obviously roger and rafa are probably the the, the main ones but but he, he hasn't made a second he yeah. hasn't done anything in a slam ever and at some point and it's even more pronounced i think for the men because there is a big difference between best of three and best of five so there's a physical difference at the slam show yeah. whereas for the women there isn't a physical difference um of playing a slam versus the tour events but but yeah i mean uh, mugaritz has been been very very vocal um and very consistent about the fact that this city is tough for her it's an exhausting one for her she doesn't it's not really her speed um it's a different rhythm of tournament here you stay way far from sight long commutes every day to deal with traffic frustration and all sorts of things with that are outside of your control yeah. all the noise i remember very clearly the match that i was at between because i was writing about sevastava when sevastava beat her in mm. the second under round the, second round under, under the, the roof. roof the roof was closed yeah and or i don't think it was anything was open actually but it was still like the roof was newly completely yeah, built so the ring have, of it everybody was trying to figure out the sound right and it was yeah. so loud in there and i think to be perfectly honest i think people were not really paying attention to that match and just holding conversations throughout it and it she just echoed under. so much and she just didn't lock into it at all and sebastian handled it way better and muguruza just didn't and so we'll see i mean muguruza won cincinnati um, which is really the only reason why she's favorite because she won recency bias or and but not just plus, but, but not just that yeah. she won cincinnati but she beats keys kuznetsova um, and then number one, Pliskova, number two, Halep to do it. First time that somebody had beaten the number one and number two in a tournament since 2012. Okay. So it had been a while. But, I mean, it was a legit run, and she yeah. had never beaten Madison. I'm not, I'm, yeah, that, but, I, like, that so, sounded more So I understand but... why people, like, especially given that it is an open field with respect to the eight, if you believe me and if you believe Carolina Pliskova, who articulated it very well yesterday, that it's not open, that there's eight players that can win. And it's that eight. You pick, um, you pick the eight. Is, are those eight the same eight as who can finish number one? I think so, yeah. Although, would you swap minus... out Kuznetsova for um, Keys? I might. Maybe. But, um, you know, I don't. But that's the thing is, like, everybody's like, oh, it's chaos. It's like, no. So, would you pick those against the field? I mean, that's that's pretty safe, I would think. Yeah, right? I eight, think so. eight people against the field. Yeah. Um, okay, bottom quarter, another one of those eight. Uh, start again for the top of it. We'll get to the finale, grand finale last. Straw did say it the best for last uh, in terms of... Yeah, literally. Uh, 127 and 128 right. in the... Right. Um, Conta is in here. She's had a solid, very solid year. Like, she continues to consolidate and impress. She's seven seed. And I really like her draw. Gerges has had a good year. But um, I think I think that uh, Kanta should be very comfortable to the quarterfinals. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, um, to be quite honest with Joe, because I don't know... I I don't think that she's playing poorly. I don't think that she's playing where she was when the hard court season ended in Miami. Obviously, when she okay. won the title there, but even on on the grass, I think I thought she played really well at Wimbledon and, and on the grass generally. But I think, off a bit, I think yeah, I think the, the loss to Makarova. Obviously, it's Makarova, not a bad player, especially right now. She's playing very well, but the level from Kanta was not. She wasn't sharp, but at the same time, I thought, well, first tournament back, give it cut you some slack. Then there was a big match against Halep in Cincinnati. I think that she, again, showed a little bit of rust, and she had a few matches under her belt at that point. So I don't I know. That was a great match. I'm not going to knock it too much for that match. That was like, what, like four and five? Or something, four and six? Yeah, maybe. I thought it was good. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still... I'm I, just saying I don't think... Th- I, I have less confidence in her than I did, like, maybe two months ago. The, the only player the I only think. player in there who I think is the best, which is unseated in this core, uh, eighth, is Sloane Stevens. Who's had an incredible August, making semifinals back to back in Canada and Cincinnati, 
uh, her ranking has absolutely skyrocketed from like nine eighty something or nine nine something to in the eighties, like eighty five. So it's unbelievable to get that kind of jump that quickly. Made great use of protected rankings. Won't need them. We'll need them a couple times more, but could with a good run here could be out of them quickly. Um, and Sloan would be a possible fourth round. Her draw is not good though. Vinci's a frustrating first round match for her. Uh, Vinci would be very good at exposing her footwork, which is much better than it used to be. It could still be a weakness for Sloan. Um, and then Sibulkova is a very feisty competitor, and that could be a very good, very tough match. And then, you know, Kanya or Ash Barty in the next round after that could also be tricky. Um, so not All a good that job. to a potentially get to a Conta. Right, yeah, so you it's know, brutal. It's a pretty it's a And then to possibly get to Halep, who's beaten her twice this summer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough draw for Sloan. And one where she was like, before the draw came out, I was like, oh, you're absolutely... Kind of, you know, the unseated and looming, maybe yeah, a dark horse, you know, but where are you going to end up in the draw? And once the draw did come out, it's like, whoosh, it's going to be tough to get to the second week. Yeah, you know, and and, um, and only because we, we just need more data points from Sloan. But that's that's not an easy draw at all. So let's get to the grand finale, although I do like, I do envy the chair empire who gets to say, call the Vickliance of a Vickery match. <laughs> <laughs> just syllabically, I think that's Brutal. fun. Um, but the Maria Sharapova Simona Halep match. Uh, Maria Sharapova, wild card to this tournament. It'll be the first Grand Slam she's played since 2016. Australian Open, where and I've written this paragraph so many t- times now, where she tested positive for the recently banned substance meldonium. Uh, she did not get a wild card into the French Open, but she would have missed it anyway because she was hurt. Uh, her injury in Rome was bad enough that she didn't play for several months after. You're with her at Stanford, uh, which is the only match she's played since then, beating Jennifer Brady, uh, and then re- pulling out of the second match against the spokesperson for Colavita. Uh, let's say Serenko, Courtney, and then she pulled out of uh, Canada and Cincinnati after that, Sharapova. But she plays Halep, number two. But she's 6-0 and against Halep, which is pretty impressive. Halep's had a very up-and-down summer in the sense that it's been mostly wins, but when she has lost, she's kind of gone down in flames a few times, taking some very lopsided losses in Canada to mm-hmm. Svitolina and one in love against Muguruza in that Cincinnati final so size up this uh, first round. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we spend too much time talking about it, only because the match does take place in about twenty four hours. Yeah. So, um, you know, talk about it kind of post. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, something's got to give. Sharapova's never lost a first round match here at the U.S. Open, so you know, there's also that kind of streak going for her. But there's a lot of things going against Maria as well. Insofar as this is, you know, just this is obviously the first Slam that she will be playing since her suspension ended in April. Um, it's only the second U.S. Open that she's playing since two, since 2012. Um, it's always been kind of, it, yeah, it's not like she's a familiar. Yeah. yeah, it's not like a familiar. It's not the French. She's never played under any form of the roof. And the roof sort yeah. of first emerged in 2015 in like skeletal form. Sure. She wasn't even there for that. Yeah, so, so. so there's there's that as well. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, for as much as there is discussion about Sloan, uh, not Sloan, uh, Simona being up and down and maybe coming in with a, you know, hint of, of uh, being bummed out or lack of confidence because of the types of losses that she took this summer, as well as, you know, obviously not being able to get the number one when she had Three a chance to do it. Um, th- all that being said, Simona Halep has made 10 straight quarterfinals, I believe. Last mm. time she lost before the quarterfinal stage was in Indian Wells, which was her first tournament back after having the knee injury. Um, she's not for everybody saying, oh, she's like terrible in first rounds. Only lost in the first round, like at the Australian Open this year, which was like when she had the knee injury. She was hurt. Um, yeah. She was hurt. So she's been really consistent. Yeah. And the thing that has impressed me about Halep um, over the last couple months um, is that 
what I've seen is that her bad days are still pretty good now. Yeah. Whereas before her bad days were bad. Like she would be too passive and fault, but she's found ways to play. So even if the, 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 the um, pressure ramps up and she knows it's a big match and she knows what it is. I mean, the thing about Simona, which probably doesn't help her is that she's quite aware yeah. of like what's going on, you know? Um, but I don't know. I mean, for, for Sharapova, there is as of right now, especially with the, the withdrawals that she, she had with the left arm injury in Toronto and Cincinnati, just, you know, it's hard not to wonder like how exactly physically is she and t- how much rust will she have? So I think I'm picking Simona to win this match. I think you kind of have to, despite all the things that you just recounted against her in the 0-6 record. But like you said, she's just had so much more match, match practice and Sharapova has had almost none. And I the mean, thing like about the, the 0-6 yeah. record is that the, 2014, they played three times. Every single one went to close, three sets. Yeah. Every single they were one. So good, and matches, Marie, yeah. They were so good. Their matchup is great. It's one of my favorite rivalries. Yeah. And Maria had to play really well. Oh my gosh. But Maria had to play really, really well in those matches. Maria wasn't in a B gear. Like, how it makes her play well. And that's the thing. It's like, yeah, it's 0 6, but. I think their French Open final might be the best slam (sighs) final of the decade, of the 2010s. It is the one match that to this day that's maybe happened in the last like five years or something that like I still just want to rewatch. Yeah. Like, if you were asking me, like, what match do you want to watch? I'll always just say, like, oh, the 2014 French Open final. That was a good one. It was a great match. It was really good. Um, and they had to play both very, very well. I do think Simone is a better player now. Yeah. I don't know if Maria is playing at that level in this match We just don't have time. data on Maria. And yeah, the thing so. is, with Maria, like we mentioned before, you mentioned her in this list of people who had good returns. Like, she did look good in Stuttgart, but then she lost a match to Mildenovich. She probably should have won, or she had chances to win that match in the should've semis. But she and then should have beaten, could have beaten Jeannie. Jeannie played really well. That played was amazing. bizarre. Still should have beaten. Um, her. Still sh- could have should have beaten her. And then we haven't had healthy her since. Nope. And so you have to pick Halep in this match. I mean, at the same time, if Sharapova goes out there and like is vintage and wins three and three, I'm not going to be like that was a stunner. But the, the percentage play here is to pick Halep. And honestly. I've been here at the U.S. Open for the last two years, and or no, two years, 14 and 15, and written, is this right? I've written a bunch of Maria Sharapova withdrawals late from the <laughs> U.S. Open stories. I'm not 100% sure this match is even going to happen. Sure. And if it doesn't happen, it'll be Sharapova. So that's even more reason to think Halep advances. And then when she advances, I think it's kind of 50-50 with her and Kanta, which is low-key the it's best rivalry draw. of 2017. Outside, it, and, and outside of that first round match, it's a good draw for Maria, for, yeah. uh, for Halep. Whoever wins that match is a really good draw. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think that the Kanta Halep rivalry is going to, it could be the one that when we look back on it defines this year. Um, or if it's Pova, Pova versus Britain. Ooh. Because that's a whole thing. <laughs> oh, poor Joe. It's not about you, Joe. It's about the flag uh, and your press corps. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So that's the women's, women's uh, draw. Um, I think it'll be good. I will not make a pick because what's the point? Uh, we'll we'll check back in at certain points during the slam because things will hopefully crystallize or at least you know narrow down and clear. And we're gonna lose a couple of these big eight first week. We know that. Um, and it's just what's gonna happen. And there's a lot more names to talk about and be interested in than in the men's draw. It's like I think. I mean, because I think this is just a much more loaded draw and is kind of fun around every corner and the. Men just feel like you go turn a corner into a bunch of abandoned lots. Oh dear! It pulled up a parking lot. <laughs> it paved paradise. Put up a parking lot. <laughs> All right. So this men's show we're looking at now. Let's start with who's not here before we get to who's here. I think that's the best way to do that. 
we are missing from this match off five of the top 11 players in the ATP. That is horrendous attendance for a Masters event, much less a slam. Um, and we had worse attendance for a Masters event because there are only three of the top 10 who played in Cincinnati. Um, and one of them in Zverev lost first round um, or first match. So we are missing Novak Djokovic, who's the 2015 champion, last year's finalist. Missing Stan Wawrinka, who's last year's champion, but not either finalist. We're missing uh, Nishikori, who was a semifinalist last year. Everybody missing the guy who he beat in the uh, quarterfinals to make those semifinals was Andy Murray, who's second seed, who pulled out. And Milos Ranić is also out of the top 11. Um, not all of them would have been title contenders per se, um, but a bunch of them would have. I mean, it's three of the top five also. It's a more dramatic way to put it. With, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's a lot. It's just a lot of guys out. Um there's a lot of talk about, and this happens obviously a bunch, but like, is the sport, is the tour just too tough? I feel like it's just sort of like, it's an outlier that all these injuries aligned, but it's also an, a bit of a, I don't want to say inevitability, but a likelihood when your tour is all <laughs> largely 30 and over and just getting older and being more physical and having them, I don't want to say best of five, but you know, just <laughs> but having more physical yeah, demand, do. I do want to say that. I'm acknowledging <laughs> that's a factor. Um, because they also just know, and Andy said this, Andy said, Andy didn't say, I can't walk or can't play. He said, I don't think I can win this tournament. And so I don't want to, I don't think it, that's my goal and I don't think I can do it. Um, so the bar for entry is higher at a best of five tournament for how ready and how healthy, how confident you have to be to be able to compete. Um, so that's who we don't have, uh, just thoughts on how that reflects on whatever the men's game is at now. Yeah, no, I think it, it, I do think that it, a lot of it is just a coincidence of the timing of this, that if these injuries were spaced out over the course of a 12-month period, um, you wouldn't see the red flags as much. That being said, do I think that there are definitely things that you can do in order to, you know, kind of ease the schedule, make things a little bit easier for the players? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, Rafa Nadal talks a lot about the balls and, and the court speeds and, and things like that, um, specifically the balls, less about court speed. That's probably more of a, Rafa, a Roger thing uh, in terms of speeding things back up. And, and it's, a, it's, it's a fascinating, uh, it's interesting because I don't normally sit and obviously go to, to ATP press conferences anymore, obviously for my job. Uh, but because of yesterday's media day, I just kind of camped out in the interview room and just watched the players go through as the women were coming through as well. And it was interesting to hear you know, uh, uh, Rafa's whole, which I've heard before, like back in the day, but it's just, it had been a while. His whole thing about, oh, the people want to see 50 shot rallies. And if you don't want to see 50 shot rallies, then sure, institute a shot clock. Like, let's get worse tennis. But if you want the entertainment, if you want for Novak and I to be able to play for, and I'm sitting there and the thing was like, I don't want to see a 50 shot that's the last should, a rally should never be more than 26 shots I think like 26 shots is my imaginal line if it's gone over 26 shots something's gone horribly wrong or <laughs> something has gone horribly amazing but like it's not like the goal <laughs> you know And but I was just like I was like looking around there and I was like no what's he talking about is he threatening me <laughs> Rafa has a remarkable gift for <laughs> phrasing things for the good of the sport that are also just for the good of him. I mean, like, <laughs> he, uh, he, li- he likes good. wanting, he wants to play slow, he wants courts slow, he wants courts to be clay, he wants the balls to be balls he likes. He's he's sort of, he's, we've talked about the Diva Rafa phenomenon right. on the podcast years ago, um, and he still has that, and he hasn't lost that touch in his old age. Um, but yeah, but I think that that's all there. Yeah, no, I mean, but but he and, he and Roger both said that, which is that, like, yo, we are not young. Yeah. Like, you guys are forgetting, these are 30-year-old people, and Sam... 
Rafa was like, Borg wasn't playing at my age. Sampras wasn't playing. Like, we're still playing. Like, this is what bodies do. And, you know, so it can't be weird. But, you know, it's tough, you know, for the sport. Because obviously you want to have a ton of tournaments, provide as much opportunity as you possibly can to grow the sport and let fans. I think fans would throw their arms up in the air if you were like, you know what? We're only going to have six Masters tournaments because we don't want to force our players to play more than yeah. 10 events a year. The Masters has been a great thing for the ATP Absolutely, Tour. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. And then you'd, you'd have fans be like, no, we want to see our, you know, they have to play more. And players would also be like, I want more money. But then you're like, but no, we're trying to protect you. It's a balance. It's a whole, it's, I mean, it's like tough. You're, you're going you're gonna to win some and lose some in the yeah, scheduling yeah. thing. And like, I mean, like, because Rafa missed two slimes last year with injury. He missed, uh, he pulled out of French and missed Wimbledon. And Roger missed the French Wimbledon last year and the French this year again. And Roger's been this sort of, you know, poster child for selective scheduling in the last this year because he's won two slams and skipped the other one and has scheduled very sparingly and really has looked pretty flawless except for that Canada final where he started looking a little bit hurt and he's lost a couple of randos to guys outside the top hundred as one does. Donsko is going to win the U.S. Open. You guys. That could happen. <laughs> I, haven't looked at, I haven't analyzed Donsko's draw. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, uh, it will be an interesting one. And the other thing I will get to because this affects the top half of the draw. And there was a lot of talk about it. Andy Murray withdrawing from the tournament um, on Saturday, um, which was the day after the draw got made. Uh, I have, I'm very clear with this, zero problem with this whatsoever. It's, and the only thing I have to say to defend it is because he practiced on Saturday. He practiced that day, still hoping to see maybe he was feeling better. It's not a situation. And there have been situations where people pull out tournaments too, like, kind of farcically late. The one that comes to mind right away is Serena Indian Wells. She was not going to play that tournament. She was pregnant, yeah. but she got put in the draw and was like, for some reason, they just, she wasn't withdrawing on time. And it was like, people thought she was pulling up and she, they didn't announce it for a long time. And it's like, what's going on? Get her out of that draw. We know she's, we didn't know officially that she was pregnant at that point, but she just wasn't going to, she wasn't anywhere near, I don't even know if she's she in wasn't California. She wasn't even in, uh, yeah, I don't, she definitely wasn't on site in New Wells. No. So, I mean, like, so that's a situation where like, and Tommy Haas had this once where he pulled out the day he had surgery. Um, from Wimbledon qualifying, and it would have let somebody else into the main draw or something like that. But that's a that's a fair example. Um, but this one, like, no, he's a guy who and who wanted to give himself the best chance to see if he was healthy for a Grand Slam, and he does not owe Roger or Rafa or the integrity of the draw anything. He is solely in it to make himself the best decision, and again, because it was a decision that wasn't clear cut for him, because he was still on the fence and going out and practicing and seeing how it felt the day after the draw was made, you can't say, oh, he should have just known and pulled out earlier. That is a ridiculous expectation to make for somebody. And honestly, he just, like I said, again, I think maybe five seconds ago, he shouldn't care if the draw winds up lopsided without him. What kind of, what? What kind of athlete thinks that way? What kind of person's like, well, you know, I could apply for this job, but then if I don't get it, then other people have to compete against it. That's a terrible analogy. But whatever it is, you know how I feel. I assume you agree with that. hundred yeah. percent. I give, I have 0.0000 problems with what has happened. And it's just the same thing as like, you know, when withdrawals happen anywhere, you know, the players are, they want to be there. They want to compete. They've made the trip. They are trying to figure it out. But I mean, I respect Andy a lot for being able to say like, I cannot win the tournament. And so like, I'm out like, because Obviously, he's pri- he's in a privileged position where he can do that. Yeah, he doesn't need the first round money. He doesn't money. need the first round money. He doesn't trying to just... R- but even he's if not he got, trying even to if he got fourth points. round money hurt. Yeah. Right, exactly. Fourth round money, uh, all that. It's just not that what that... That's just not what the point is for him. 
Um, but you know, I yeah, I have no problem with it. People are being really weird about it, and I don't get it. Don't like, are get people it. just getting like mad? Like, oh, you don't get to see like Roger Rafa in the final. First you, of all, they're gonna clash in the semifinal. Like, all, why are you mad? First of all, yeah, why you have to be mad? Second of all, <laughs> this increases their odds of playing each other by hanging it one round earlier. Yes, that's and they've never played here. And then the winner will get basically a walkover to the title. <laughs> against David Ferrer or something. Um, but here's the uh, rest of this. Yeah, so the the one part I will say is a fair objection, if you want to call it this, is the rule about reseeding is weird because the yeah, rule the do, just doesn't include... I would think that the rule would have included, and I assumed before I saw the rule book, that Federer would just move into the number two spot. But instead, they have Chilich, who's number five, move into the vacant top four spot. They don't shuffle between three and four. They leave those fixed. I don't really get that at all. But Chilich, anyway, moves into the number five spot. Um, and another sort of... And then I think uh, Query at 17, moves into Chilich's five spot. And then Kohlschreiber becomes the 33, moves into the 17, and moves into the 17 spot. It's like, it's, it skips some rungs. That, like, if they wanted to be much more meticulous about it, they could be. Um, but all that is to say, Roger and Rafa are on the top half of the draw together. And the bottom half is a bit of a... An, anonymity convention Ooh. i mean minus the next gen player who we'll get into at length i was gonna say um, the next who, gen player who's on your lock screen who hopefully you have done adequate research about before talking to and press <laughs> let's go to rafael nadal's section i think he is a massive draw winner beyond belief his draw if he doesn't make the at least quarterfinals but i'm gonna say semifinals he will have screwed up like yeah, I just I don't. Say I just quarterfinals only because I think that maybe Grigor. But Gr- maybe, I think he's a great record against Grigor, though. I'm sure he does. I mean, it's basically it's beta fed. I mean, it's yeah. the same patterns, yeah. you know, and, and stuff like that. But I don't know. Maybe Grigor, you know, gets inspired, or there's a rain delay or something. Well, Congratulations I mean, to Grigor, by the way, for winning his first Masters. We yes, just mentioned in yeah, Cincinnati, no, he's a uh, nice the first guy. guy from the quote unquote Lost Boys generation to win a Masters. First guy born between like '87 and '97, or and the first guy of that yeah. Lost generation that had hype. That's true. Right? I mean, he was the one. He was supposed to be the star of that generation. And next thing you know, it was like, Milos, who? Yeah, Milos came out of nowhere. Milos Kay was kind of, of in the K middle was there. Kind of around. Closer to Dimitrov and hype level. But yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah Dimitrov got it done and took advantage of a good draw in Cincinnati um, and beat uh, Kyrgios in a good final. And Kyrgios made the. Uh, we'll get to Kyrgios, I'm sure, later down the draw. But uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm uh, just saying, maybe an inspired Grigor Dimitrov takes care, can beat a Rafa Nadal in the quarterfinals. I don't think that'll happen. I'm just flagging it. But otherwise, yeah, I don't know. Burdick? I'm looking. Burdick has beaten it all at the Australian Open a couple years ago, but he's not playing that great. I wouldn't be shocked if Burdick lost to Harrison. He's had an okay year, but who knows? I don't know. Um, Tommy Paul is actually so Rafa opening his douche on Livevich, and that'll be easy. Um, Tommy Paul has had a solid summer mm-hmm. um, and played really well. Almost beat Kane Shikori in a really good match in Washington. Um, oh, yeah. That was I think he had two or three match points. It was really good. I and mean, Tommy Paul was a great junior. Had not done almost anything at the pro level, but it surged pretty quickly. That's a Rough, Rafa's second round. That again, he's Rafa. He should beat Tommy Paul easily. Gasquet is a horrendous record against Nadal. Um, Get and that's ready the for third that round. YouTube, that Lepetit, yeah, um, and YouTube the magazine video. covers and all that yeah. stuff. Uh, Fanini beat him once. Fanini's a fourth round potentially, but I just don't. I'm never going to pick Fanini to make a, a quarterfinal. Oh, I remember that match. I think that was, match was where crazy. I was, I was at home in my hotel room because it was rain delayed or something. Or no, it was a but last I was tweeting gifts. Yeah, it was a night match. But I remember tweeting gifts for fives. Or no. It was a bunch of like sexy photos of them. That was what it was. It was a good one. It was yeah. inspired. They do a lot of photo shoots, those boys. Yeah, um, yeah but I, I think this is a great, great quarter of the draw for Rafa. 
and I don't think there's opposition there to make it tough because there's nobody in this tournament. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to put Rafa in there. Speed now forever, hold your peace. It is done. Uh, next quarter, uh, Federer has a considerably tougher draw than Rafa. Uh, namely, uh, well, his first round is Francis Tiafo, who is a much flashier opponent than Dushan Lajevic. Tiafo is interesting because Tiafo has been so hyped in terms of being one of the Americans. He's got has like an amazing origin story, and all of that stuff is totally deserved. But he hasn't actually panned it out into almost any tour-level wins. I believe he only has six or seven ATP-level wins. And, he, get a big one over he got a big one over Zverev, yes, which happened, and he played very well. Zverev was gassed, gassed. in that match, super gassed. But Tiafoe still Cincinnati. had to close it out, right, in Cincinnati, right after Zverev had won Canada, um, and so. But he did see that through Tiafoe, and then he played pretty decently against John Isner, I think, in the next round. Um, I don't think Tiafoe will beat Federer unless Federer is still really hurt from Canada, which I don't think there's a sign that he's that banged up from it still. Um, but I, I think that's okay. I think Lopez has had a good year. They won Queens, uh, so. A bit of an annoying possible match for Federer or Verdasco is another third round potentially. Second round against Kavchich or Houston, I think is fine. But then the uh, fourth round against Kyrgios is tough. Kyrgios is playing, as, who knows with him, but because he was so down in Wimbledon and then in um, Washington, Toronto. Washington he pulled out. He retired and got booed off the court against Tana Sangren. And then he makes the final in Cincinnati kind of out of nowhere. And so he's obviously a dangerous player who will relish that stage and has beaten Roger before and played a great match against him in Miami this year. Um, it was a front, I think it was a semifinal. Great crowd, great match. And so that's not a comfortable draw. And then Dominic Team is a possible quarter. Who, I, I don't know if Team will get that far, though. Because I don't have faith in any of these guys. But I think Rogers is tougher than, than Rafa's. But Rogers is playing better. I think they're going to play in the semis. I don't know what you think. Uh, I mean, I think I I personally, and this is obviously based on a maybe twenty percent of my time being dedicated to paying attention with what's going on with the ATP. Twenty percent. That's. Not... I mean, I pay attention, but of my hundred percent of time. Okay. I like watch matches and stuff. Okay. I just I, 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 I thought quotes. you were more dedicated to the WTA than that. I thought it'd be like ninety ten. No, I mean, I'm just, it's it's there. People talk about it. So you you kind of pay attention to it, you know. So my biggest concern is just with Roger's health Yeah. in terms of like, you know, so if he's healthy, yeah, I put him into the semis. Um, I just don't know if he is. Obviously, the key for him will be to get through the first week in straight sets and have all those night session matches that he'll play or day session, whatever, be pretty quick and, you know, not too taxing so that he saves up time. I was seeing this section uh, in his quarter. Del Potro's around. He hasn't had that great. Yeah, of a he's had a weird one. He's had a weird year. Uh, RBA, who just won Winston Salem, is also see. I knew that eleventh uh, seed. RBA is the eleventh seed, man. That's kind of one of those triggering like moments of clarity. You're like, but, wow. Batista, Batista. I don't think he's will super be, good. I'm just beat, like, I think he'd be Federer in. No, that didn't happen. That should not happen. Um, he beat. He's played. Federer and lost him it before. Uh, he played him in Canada. Canada Federer like had this Djokovic Djokovic twenty sixteen ish run to the Canada final in which he was not good, but no one got in his way. Um, like remember the second half of twenty sixteen, how Djokovic kept yeah. making some decent runs, which are part of his ranking, but like he wasn't actually playing good ever. Mm-hmm. Federer kind of did that in Canada, um, and RBA was one of those matches. Del Potro's had a disappointing year. I think he's ranking record is something like sixteen and eleven. Um, which is pretty middling for a guy we think of so highly. 24 seed. I know. It just hasn't gone up. And yeah. he's gotten a lot of tough draws. I think he's played lost to Djokovic like three or four times. He has, yeah. But he also just hasn't broken through any of them and has lost a couple more winnable draws in the later period. He got beaten by Golbis at Wimbledon, which was surprising. He 
lost to, well, Nishikori and Washington wasn't a bad loss. You can't call it bad. But then there was something in Cincinnati that wasn't great. Uh, I forget what it was, but it wasn't great. Um, yeah, and then Team is another one of those guys who I just feel like is not a New York guy whatsoever, who's like a yeah. routine, peace and quiet, alpine kind of guy. And I just don't see solitude. him. Yeah, I mean, the thing that might help him, well, he's not going to have to play on Ash much because he's in the same half as Nadal and Federer, so he's not going to get many Ash looks. Um but and his draw is not bad at all for this first uh, to get to the fourth round. But the funny thing is, he uh, would be awesome on Ash because he could run. Yeah, he's so, he gets so all big of the run, you know. There's all the running room from outside the court. Whereas, like, what is it? Was it Grandstand or Armstrong? It's a bit pinched. Yeah, um, but he just never had to be because team has still like always been not really a top four guy at most big tournaments. He's never had to be like a headliner. Like yeah. team's never been in a I'm headlining a night session at a slam kind of scenario before. Um, and that it's brings us, and, and that brings us a lot to the guy we're going to talk about a bunch in the bottom half of this draw. But overall, I think it'll be Federer at all in the semis, assuming neither of them gets hurt, and I assume Federer will win if he's healthy. Well, the U.S. Open happened. thinks that that's going to happen as well. So yeah, that tweet, yeah, where they like, <laughs> so these guys will be playing on Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday and mo- and Monday. <laughs> I was thinking about it though. I was like, that is one of those tweets that tempts fate in the way of like Dan and Dave or Andy or like Andy and Mojo. Mojo. Did you know I was doing a story about Jill Muller? And I went back and watched the Andy Mojo commercials. You know who, like, the actor in the commercials is? No way. It's Nick Kroll. Oh. Okay. I don't know what you thought I said. No, I thought that we were going to go a different... Okay. No, yeah. but Nick Kroll... I did not know that. Nick Kroll, if you go back and watch those commercials, Nick Kroll plays Andy's Mojo, who's, like, going wild in New York That's City. Kind of amazing. It is terrible. He looks a lot... I didn't, see, I, I, never, I didn't know who Nick Kroll was in 2005. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, that's Nick Kroll. Amazing. Early work. Important Early work. work. Important work before he got that bust-out role in Broad City. But continue. Nick Kroll is in Broad City. Fizz the guru. The Viking guru. I don't know that. Oh, oh. sorry. No, that's Kimmy Schmidt. It was, in a, it was in Kimmy Schmidt in the first or second season. He plays the spin class okay. uh, guru who, like, really likes Kimmy. And then um, uh, Jenna Maroney, like, freaks out. And it's like, no! And it turns out that he's a complete fraud. At the front of the class. He's that, like, you're that, ponies. That show sort of just washes over me like water sometimes. Yeah. Um, bottom half of the draw. Uh, let's get to the guy who's the high seed in this third quarter of the draw. Who's the high seed now in the entire bottom half of the draw is Sasha Zverev. Winner of two um, uh, astrocytos this year, which is remarkable. Winning Rome and now backing that up with Canada. He also won Washington, which is a pretty loaded 500 level tournament. Um, and he didn't have to play the toughest draw as it worked out, but it was a tough draw to start with, and he got through it and won Canada the very next week. So back that up with two straight weeks of good tennis, which could bode well, and he is a very popular pick, and it has to be, I'm sure it's the popular pick to make the final out of this half now, but all the knocks on Zverev are that he hasn't ever done anything at a slam to speak of in a more extreme way of like Svitolina, because he hasn't even made a quarterfinal. Uh, he just made one fourth round, and that was at Wimbledon this year, and he lost in five to Ronich. Um, and he got a pretty easy draw to that fourth round. I think he played Sebastian Offner in the third round of that tournament. Um, so that's that's Sasha Zverev. Um, are you ready? Are, will you advise people to buy Zverev stock for this tournament? I mean, how. Oh, for this tournament. For this tournament. Let's keep it there, because there's a big opportunity for him here in this draw to do something. I mean, this draw is not bad. It's, I think it's actually a really good draw. The only one who I see stopping before the quarterfinals is maybe a very hot um, Kando. Uh, Kando or Gilles Muller. Uh, and maybe maybe, maybe Vesely or Chorich. 
I don't know. I'm not buying sock right now. I know, but I'm just saying. I mean, Jack Sock can like get, you know, his game pulled together for a singular match. I mean, that's not. Yeah, but I think he's even worse over. I, so the question about Zverev is that he's like this really bad best of five record. Yeah. And that extends both into Davis Cup and Grand Slams. And game. you people just wonder, like, is that he is definitely looking physically stronger and fitter and mm-hmm. doing well in three set matches and everything now. So is that still a fair how what what font size should that asterisk be? I think about, it's, a, it's yeah. a legitimate asterisk. I mean, you can't I don't I don't erase it until you prove that it shouldn't be there. You know what I mean? Like you 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 know, if he hasn't made, uh, you know, a, a, a deep run, a, not a deep run, just a second week, round, what, what, where's he, his deepest run at a slam was where? And Wimbledon fourth round this year. Fourth round, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously he's trending up and, yeah. and he's getting there. And but... he's had some good, I think mean, he lost in five sets to Nadal in the third round of Australia this year. That was a good match. That was great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, obviously having a higher seed is going to help, allows him to get these easier draws and, and get, you know, hopefully get through things fairly easy. And he does have... I think a pretty good draw. I mean, Daring King first round shouldn't uh, first shouldn't ever Barbadian in a slam main draw. Very cool. Uh, Vesely or Chorich. I don't really see either of those guys really bothering Zverev where he's at right now. Yeah. Just um, he's just he's just playing really well. I think you know Kevin Anderson could get hot if he's serving well. Yeah. He beat him in the Washington final. He was it was mm-hmm. like three and four or something That's like right. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know, but I mean. It, Sorry, I'm still a bit shocked that Robin Haas is seated. <laughs> We're not even in that court I'm yet. Sorry, I saw it and I was like, "What?" And then everything just Diego Schwartzman. Yep, I was gonna who I adore, Armano. Um, yeah, Pablo Carreño boosts the 12th seed. Welcome to the 2017 I mean, <laughs> ATP season. Let's, you know. let's, stick, let's stick to the top quarter of this third quarter first, just to oh. wrap that up. I hadn't processed before with Query getting moved, and I mentioned before. Because he had been top half, I believe. Oh, he was. Yeah, he had been top half, and he got moved to bottom half. That he is now in the same eighth as Isner, which is which means they are very likely, I think, to play each other in a fourth round, which would be the most high-profile All-American men's match at the U.S. Open probably since, like, James Blake versus Agassi. Or Can something. I hot take? Yeah. I think Karen Koshinov's going to have something to say about that. I mean, Jill Simone could have something to say about it even before that because Jill Simone, it, Query got his. First of all, Jill Simone has a lot of things to say. He's very articulate. <laughs> yes, we should have him on sometime. We should. Jill um, Simone, uh, Query was a huge draw loser late because <laughs> he was doing fine in his early section. He was in a good Well, not actually the best section because he had Kyrgios third round. Sure. So it would have been tough, but he had a good first couple of rounds. He played Smechek first and somebody else second. And um, then he got moved into one against uh, Gilles Simone instead, and he's one in four against Gilles Simone in his career. So that's a tough match for a guy who's in London contention in San Quarry. So we'll see how he does. <laughs> I, just, I just say things to you that are true. <laughs> it doesn't sound true. It's completely true. I think he's an eighth right now. He's in more London contention. If he's an eighth, okay, then Sam Quarry is in a better position to qualify for London than Kristina Mladenovic, who currently sits at nine on the Porsche Race Singer Leaderboard, uh, to qualify for Singapore. Which let's just map that one out. That amuses me. But it also, but it's, that's very true. But it's also because um, he's eighth minus you know the people who are out for the season. So my, no, eighth, I understand. Minus no, I understand. But that's right. what I. That, yeah, no, just like Robin Haas is seated because eighty-four people withdrew from the men's tournament. Yeah, so right now, to double to Sorry, double Robin Haas is a very nice guy. I didn't yeah. mean to, like... No, but he made the Canada semifinals. Do you know that? Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so, Quer- he had that funny moment. 
Query is in 10th uh, in the race, and minus Djokovic and Vavrinka, who are out for the year. And then if Murray pulls out for the year, which just seems 50-50, then he's up to 7th. Um, Isner actually was in... If Isner had won Cincinnati, which looked possible because he's in the semifinals, mm-hmm. I think, um, he would have been also in that top eight. We would have had two Americans in position to make it to <laughs> the London, which is just... In, yeah, so that's happening. Um, I think Zverev will get through this but I think it will be less inevitable than people think it is. I think, yeah, Mueller or Anderson, I'm, I'm not buying Jack Sock right now. He play, I hope I hope Jack Sock beats Jordan Thompson, who he lost to in Davis Cup this year. Tom. And, and uh, Thomas has it quietly. Decent. I mean, he yeah. beat Andy Murray in Queens. He's been he's good. He's had a nice little year for himself. Bernard Tomic, high-stakes match for Bernard Tomic. Bernard Tomic is currently, he plays uh, Gilles Mueller first. It's a terrible draw. He, I think it's currently ranked 140-something. Tomic? Yeah. How? <laughs> he just hasn't won matches, and he hasn't played very much, and he's losing, and he's. I I get yeah, that, but I win. mean, you have to understand. I mean, I'm looking at a situation where Bernard Tomic is ranked out whatever number you yelled out, which is seems very low, one forty ish, right around where Sharapova is. Uh, and and. Huh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Yes, yeah, so I think it'll be Zverev. I would love to see a Zverev versus Isner and Query quarterfinal. I think that'd be. Good for the tournament. Kachanov could do it, but I was just so underwhelmed by Kachanov, who was my picked spoiler in Wimbledon to beat Rafa, and he just did terrible yeah, he, in that he match. Yeah, he, he played that match tactically terribly, though. Yeah. It, it was like not even like that he choked. He just like, it's like somebody didn't realize, like it's like his coach didn't realize he was playing Rafa Nadal and gave him like the game plan for somebody else. Yeah, I completely It was agree. very confusing. So the bottom quarter, um, which is the Chilich quarter now, uh, number five. Insert also, Serena GIF. Also, <laughs> that is the best <laughs> GIF of, 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 of WTA Rashes, which was RIP was a great Twitter account. Please go on your Twitter.com webpage and search for WTA Rashes, all in word, and Chilich. And it's the only GIF that comes up, obviously. And it's like it's called That Moment When You Re- Remember That Marin Chilich Won the 2014 US Open or something. And it applies to this draw because he was he is the most recent men's champ in this draw. He was at the draw ceremony. I know. He was like the men's delegate. It was... Anjali Kerber was like, what? I'm making that same face. I meant, to, I, meant to, I meant to retweet the gift that day. Um, I hope somebody did. Uh, but yeah, so this section is really open, like really open because Chilich has been hurt on top of that. Chilich had been like a kind of semi question mark for this well, tournament. I mean, here are the seeds in yeah. this quarter. Marin Chilich, Joe Wilfred Songa, Pablo Carreño Busta, Luca Puy, David Ferrer, Diego Schwartzman, Robin Hassa. And, oh, and an and Albert Ramos Vinolas in there. So that's, that's, that's happening. The, those are the seeds. Those are the favorites to make the semis. Um, no, like, I, I, I don't know. I, having been around the ATP long enough and with having, having a slight resurgence over this uh, summer, late summer, the rules of these ATP physics say that David Ferrer makes the semifinals. Oh, for sure. Um, I would ink it. Yeah, but like, and if Chilich was not, if Chilich was healthy, I would pick Chilich very confidently in the semifinals. Um, but it's a great opportunity for Songa. I don't know what Songa's been up to lately. I haven't seen him play in a long time, it feels like, but this draw is there for him. He was definitely in Cincinnati. I saw him, but I don't recall a match. He's been one of those players who's just been on a level of relevance that has been below, because the ATP has a very small group that's relevant often. He's never hasn't been in that group for a while. And he is now, by default, kind of back in there, at least in this quarter, for prognosticating this. The really interesting one is the qualifier who he plays second round, Denis Shapovalov, 
See oh, if he right. can back anything up. Look at um, that. I didn't see this until now. What? Shapovalov Nevedev? No. Uh, Amago Johnson? Yeah. Wasn't that a big match at... Um... Oh, no. I'm confusing it. Amago Del Potro? They're both emotional yeah, scenes. The emotional at the, scenes at the French Open. They're both emotional scenes yeah, at the French yeah, Open. Never mind. Yeah, but they. But, but good to see Nico Amagro. And they played doubles together at the tournament. Weirdly, hmm. at the uh, French Open. Yeah. But yeah, Amagro's back, healthy, or healthy enough to enter this tournament. I don't know how healthy he really is. Um, and yeah, so I think Song has a real chance to make this semi. I think that if Lucas Pui was playing any decent tennis this year, he'd be a good pick. But he's not. Um, I think that Schwartzman has actually had a very solid year. And Agreed. If totally if Chilich is bulky, could beat Chilich. Um, Chilich is a pretty good draw to get there against Florian Meyer and Tennis Sangren, first couple. Um, there's a lot of a lot of opportunity in this draw. Jared Donaldson had a really good run in Cincinnati and gets Basilashvili, who he beat in Cincinnati in the third round, I believe, and then Lucas Puyer Bemelmans, and then maybe Ferrer, and that seems doable to me. I can I can write a short you know fic, fanfic about Jared Donaldson making the semis, and it doesn't seem that ridiculous. I'd read it. Yeah, so <laughs> so that's what we have here. Um, yeah, and Johnson's had a had an unspectacular year. Obviously, he's had obviously his father passing off court issues, hasn't quite gotten his form back to where he was. He was American number one coming into the US Open last year, and it's unseated this year. Um, so I don't know. I mean, a lot of things can happen, man. But it's it's a it looks like a not particularly strong two fifty draw down there in that quarter. I factually yeah, it is. Yeah, I guess you're right. Now that I look at it. I mean, top seed Chilich and Songa. I mean, that's not a great two fifty. Yeah, it's, it's br- fine. I mean, it's brutal. I mean, it's, just a, it's like a decent Montpellier. Of, yeah, day on day off. You know, because you are going to have the day where Rock right. And that's Roger the thing. Like, and then the off day. <laughs> there's going to be assuming they stick the men, one man one woman match and don't like put the Bryan brothers in there, which I wouldn't put past them. They're going to have to put one of these matches in the bottom half in a night session every other night. I mean, at least they have the Americans down here, so they can yeah. showcase an Isner Aquarius sock if they want. To. I would have picked. We talked about this before we came on. I would have picked Isner Air Bear. For that first night session yeah, match, yeah. and that's stronger than Zverev King. Although that's not a bad match actually, and having a Caribbean wanna, player in there is rare. Yeah, and you want to give Zverev the chance give him to the show respect. off the Pharrell threads and stuff. And yeah, um, but yeah, I think it's going to be weird. It's going to be a very, very lopsided men's tournament, and the top half isn't even that top half. <laughs> it's just there's yeah, nobody just, in the bottom. So that's what we have. I think that it will be one of Roger or Rafa winning it. Whoever wins that, whoever makes it out of that top half, I'm inclined to pick Federer at this point, just because Nadal hasn't been great on the hard courts. He lost to Pavlov, he lost to Kyrgios. We didn't mention Kyrgios much, but Kyrgios is in this um, the second quarter. Um, he, yeah, wait, I, we did mention him. He's in Federer's uh, eighth, but he could do some stuff too. I would, you know, I think it'd be very cool for tennis if we get something wild like a Kyrgios Vera final, and just be like, let's take this opportunity where the old folks didn't show up and have the kids go nuts, unchaperoned. Yeah. Why not? Not. Go big, go home. I mean, the WTA had this opportunity, and they pip Ostapenko in the winner's circle. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. You All live- y'all welcome. <laughs> All Yona welcome. <laughs> and with that, uh, yeah, any other thoughts on these draws? I'm ready for it's it to go. It's been a long show. How, how, how's New York treating you, briefly? Yeah, it's been fine. I discovered Uber Eats. Oh. So I haven't had to go outside too often. So I've been, like, basically um, a hermit for the first week, which has been pretty great. Really enjoyed it. It's really the best time that I've ever had in New York. I was going to say, like, I just heard Uber Eats me is, is, is Courtney Cooper. I am a shut-in. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's all I've ever wanted. It's great. I have Netflix. I've got everything that I need. The Wi-Fi here at this hotel is great. Got my coffee. Went out and bought my water. 
did some some laundry. I'm good. I'm ready to go. I'm I'm well rested. It's been a good restful week, which good. is what you want. That's what you, know? you do need after this long year to gear up and give your best for this fourth slam. And exactly. we hope we've given you best. our best here. I thank you very much for listening to this episode. No challenges remaining. Uh, follow along with us when you're not listening on I know on Twitter. <laughs> Did you just say I day? <laughs> no, I meant to say I started to say iTunes. But that comes later. <laughs> follow us on Twitter at NCR underscore tennis. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash NCR podcast. We are also on iTunes and any other podcasting app service that you want. And those are great ways to get episodes delivered automatically to you. Um, search there, leave us reviews. We like that for no challenges remaining. If questions for us for the upcoming slam shows, we'll try to do a few during the US Open. Our email address is no challenges remaining at gmail.com. Uh, that's it for us. You, do you have other thoughts? Send these folks home? I would. Oh, that Taylor Swift song is terrible. That's all. And I will leave you just briefly with a better song, which is um, coming back to you right now. Yay! Kiss me like that It was so long ago